podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name's Andy Harrow and today I am joined by two of Scotland's biggest football fans. Uh, I'm here with Duncan Mackay. Hello. And Craig Anderson. Hello, how you doing? Good. And uh, what we're going to talk about today, uh, a, a day later than we originally planned, but it's still going to be uh, very relevant, is the Scotland-Poland game uh, from uh, Thursday night. So the one that was due to be Ukraine that would have seen us play Wales in the... Uh, the victory would have seen us play Wales in the final. I have no idea, obviously, when that's going to be. But in the meantime, we had a, a friendly against Poland where we had the opportunity to win our seventh consecutive game in a row. And we nearly did it with a, a, a highly dubious 90th minute penalty uh, denying Scotland uh, another win for uh, for Steve Clark. Uh, and we're going to basically just drill down into that. And then later on, we're going to talk about uh, one of our Scotland classic matches, which is the one from 2010 where uh, Scotland managed to pull back from 2-0 down against Spain to nearly get a point. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the the game of Thursday night. Uh, Craig, general thoughts. What was your what was your feeling on it? A sort of net positive over the course of uh, and also was there anything really you could take from it at all? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the good thing with that was probably pretty much as close to the team that would have started against um, Ukraine. Like they obviously, he managed to get his full squad. Then Robertson was the only one that was. I, I would guess Robertson was the only one that probably would have probably replaced Greg Taylor. I think if you were weighing up the positives and negatives of those two players, you you probably opt for Rob, Robertson. Um, with realistically, um, but yeah, um. The other, the other positive I'll take from it is I got a notification that North Macedonia had scored against Italy, so I flicked over to that channel and, and actually missed the Poland goal, so I'm counting it as a 1-0 win. So, um, yeah, I I think Scotland, after a, a wee bit of a slow start, first 10 minutes were very good in this game. Um, it was the sort of performance that was a long time, not a long time coming, like for a long time you never got that from Scotland. They controlled the game, confident in possession, like dominating like quite high up the pitch like not like sitting back it was like quite a front foot performance all the things that would make you really confident going into a bunch of games against teams of a similar level to Poland like Poland are a, a decent team um, but they're not a brilliant team they're, ranked, ranked 24th yeah. aren't they in, in the FIFA rankings yeah they're, they're, they're certainly a team that are on a par with Ukraine probably on a par with Wales and so the sort of team that we need to be doing well against in order to qualify for the World Cup and so the fact that we went out and kind of imposed ourselves on them now there is a caveat in that that they obviously had a massive have a massive game coming up on Monday so you know Robert Lewandowski sat on the bench the whole game they were probably some of the other guys were probably going at a half pace especially when we managed to crock two of them in the first half they probably uh, probably were starting to pull out a thing so there, there is that aspect of it but but ultimately I think I was really impressed with Scotland on, on Thursday night Yeah Duncan that, that pretty much similar from your side of things Yeah I mean I, I, 
I think uh, one of the interesting things from my perspective is, you know, albeit it was what, we, what they were calling a, a, a fundraising friendly, was that I think the introduction of the, the Nations League means that there are less opportunities for friendlies. So I think the, the mindset's kind of changed a little. Like, you know, that, that, that w- the game on Thursday was played at uh, an intensity that I've not, that I wouldn't, wasn't used to for Scotland friendlies, if that makes sense. So I think that almost uh, you've got players that, that forget that these are friendlies. And so I thought that it was a competitive, it felt more like a competitive match than it, than, uh, it did a friendly. And I, you could see that just by the, the tackles that were going in and how kind of aggravated <laughs> both sets of players were getting at, at, at things. So I think that um, that was quite an interesting aspect of it. And also, yeah, there was, it was Steve Clark. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're seeing, we're seeing what Steve Clark wants to do with this team. It was, it was in a very assured performance. Um, and it's quite nice at the moment now to watch Scotland that are, efficient and competent which is not something that you've often felt about about uh feeling about going into a scotland game where it was kind of you'd turn up or or switch on more in hope than expectation well, well now i kind of expect them to to be good which is weird <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it, it kind of followed on from the the, the denmark performance and that the denmark performance was was one of the best that I can remember a Scotland team putting in against a a good team uh, in terms of the the confidence that they played with and the the assurance that they had and the the, the understanding that everyone in the team had even though you know it wasn't a, a, an exact first eleven from from game to game and it certainly seemed like it carried on against Poland. Um, was there anything in terms of the the, the lineup, Craig? You mentioned that it was. As much of a first eleven as Clark has lately lately put out, apart from Robertson, is there anybody you would have preferred to have seen or liked to have seen coming into that? Obviously, I suppose that the, the two names that were talked about pre-game were Aaron Hickey being in the squad uh, after kind of not appearing in any of the under twenty-one games, and then uh, Ross Stewart, who who uh, has done well at Sunderland and and was potentially going to get his first cap if he came on. Would you have liked to have seen either of them play or, or start? Certainly Hickey came on with 20 minutes left, but uh, Stuart stayed on the bench the whole time. Is there, is there anything you'd have liked to have seen that you maybe didn't see from that game or, or given that I, there's going to be another friendly, does it really matter that much? Yeah, I would say across the two games, I would hope to see that. So as long as, you know, these guys, you know, I, I would add Halkett in as well. You might as well. When you, when you call, I think when you call someone up for friendly, you might as well give them a nod in, in the same, at least one of the two goalkeepers. But... I can understand, you know, we've got a big a big crowd. I mean, that was nearly 40,000 at Hamden. You weren't getting that for most qualifiers in the last five years. Um, get get the strongest team out, get them another game together. And then as long as yeah, we use we can use the other game, you know, because, yeah, I, I don't see the point in calling up players if you're not going to at least let them, see, you know, see what they can do. But I would expect that. I think uh, Jacob Brown's the other one because, you know, he's, he's had a couple of caps now, but... It's been like five minutes here and there. So he's another one. If he is our third choice forward, which it seems like it will be, we we need to see what he's about as well. So yeah, these guys I would like to see, but I don't mind I don't mind them not playing in the in the Poland game as long as you know when, when we're out in, in Vienna on Monday they're they're giving a wee nod. It was nice it was nice to see Hickey come on. I I've watched a lot of him at Bologna. I think he's a, a fantastic player. Like he's so much um 
so well suited to that left wing back role that Scotland play. Um, so it's, yeah, it was good to see him get involved. It was good to see him actually turn up, and um, hopefully, yeah, he'll have a chance to start. I think he was ill. He, he might have started that game, but I think he was ill. So I think it'll be nice to see him because um, I actually think when Clark named the squad, he maybe had half an eye on Taylor having a shot in the, in the Tierney role because I think that that's maybe quite actually quite well suited to him, maybe, apart from his height, but. Hickey obviously being ill maybe meant he couldn't start the game so hopefully he's maybe fit enough to start against Austria because there's, there's no that's the good thing you're not worried about bringing in a player like Aaron Hickey who plays every week in Serie A he's hardly going to be faced by playing against a junk Austrian team so you might as well you know at some point Andy Robertson's not going to be available again you've seen what Taylor can do you might as well see what Hickey can do so that you know what they're both about in, in, that, in that formation but I think Hickey will, will thrive in it yeah and was there anyone that, that did play on Thursday night Duncan that, that impressed you especially well I, I think we, we probably have to have to mention uh, Nathan Patterson because um, his um, presence is probably uh, unfamiliar to his club manager um, and you know obviously Seamus Coleman must be having one hell of a season and Everton must be doing absolutely brilliant in the, the Premiership if, if Nathan Patterson has been kept out the the team no um, I thought he was he thought he was really impressive given the lack of game time he's getting and I think that's that kind of bodes well that, that Clark is willing to trust certain players um, even if they're not playing for, you know, we've seen it, we've, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen it uh, right back in that position already with Stephen O'Donnell, who is hardly, um, you know, is not necessarily guaranteed a starting position at the moment at, at Motherwell, but he's still making Scotland squads because Clark likes him and, and is, is a fan. So I think that kind of boat that is good for players to know that their club form uh, won't necessarily be ignored if they've, if they've, uh, Achieve something for Clark, which I think is. Uh, I mean, if Patterson um, could learn to shoot, uh, not at the goalkeeper, uh, then I'd be. Uh, then, then he's going to be a wonder kid. Um, but the fact that he's willing to have a shot as well is is, is something that. I mean, Robertson does as well, to be fair, but uh, it's not something that, that Scottish, uh, not, that some, sometimes Scottish wingers don't even take shots. So the fact we've got fullbacks that are willing to, to have a pop, um, admittedly, they end up just uh, ended up straight at the goalkeeper every time. But uh, I thought he was, for me, he was really impressive. And uh, yeah, you're, you're, you just know that now, just getting to the sense that actually we've got such a solid squad that is becoming a headache for Steve Clark, a nice headache to have in terms of who's going to fit where, you know, because again, that that was a, a squad without Ryan Fraser, you know, who's doing really well, you know, like, so like, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's people coming back and, 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 and know that um, even Clark said in his, either in his programme notes or, or pre-game and interviews that, he made a specific mention of um, being really happy that Ryan Jack's back um, because I think he, again, a player that does something just a slightly, just a, a little bit different to the rest of the rest of the squad. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's hard to, to know how to fit in uh, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there'll be, naturally, once it comes, comes to the Ukraine game, there'll be people that miss out because of injury or whatever else that they can't, they can't make it at the time. But, you know, if you're looking at a full squad that we've got, Ryan Jack came off the bench, but that so the so the midfield that they kind of started with the McTominay, McGinn, McGregor, 
you'd have no problems with starting them. And that, that might even be close to your, your first kind of three that you would pick in the midfield. But, you know, then you've got the likes of Jack and Armstrong, McLean, who kind of comes in uh, and, and usually does a job. Um, obviously, Christie was playing a bit further, further forward. But there's so many players that they can potentially bring into the team that, Bring something else to it. You've got Gilmore as well. Um, <clears throat> so, so there's so many different there's so many different options. The 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 thing that Clark's been good at is obviously the the formation is not an issue anymore. So I know we've had all those debates in the past about whether we should be going with four at the back or three in the back or whatever else. At least that is kind of resolved now, and it's just a case of playing players within the formation that he set up. But the the thing is that the the players that we've got are all smart enough to adapt to that situation so like you were saying Craig about the fact that you know there's a possibility that you could maybe bring Taylor in at left centre half in order to play Hickey as the uh, the wing back both of those players are capable of doing that or if Hickey goes to left uh, left back same with Patterson you could you know in theory you could put him into uh, right wing back if he needed to move halfway through a game to right back he'd be fine all those midfield players can can sort of play a variety of different roles, whether they're a bit more advanced or or dropping off. McTominay can play in centre half. There's there's so many options that even if even if we were to miss a few people for the there's a few people obviously you wouldn't you would you'd be it would be difficult to replace the likes of Adams I think at the moment in terms of uh, what, what he brings you'd you'd find it difficult to replace. But there are so many different options and so many kind of smart players that they've got who are buying into what Clark does that you wouldn't be you wouldn't be massively concerned about the, that squad going into the the Ukraine game if and when it it happens. Hi guys, it's Craig Fowler here to tell you how you can get a free case of craft beer from Beer 52. It's business time of the season, this is when things get real, this is when things get tense, and I can think of nothing better than eight crafties to take the edge off, or, as I hope I will be after April 16th, helping to celebrate another famous victory in your team's history. So that's eight delicious craft beers from some of the best breweries on the planet. Simply go to beer52.com forward slash terrace and cover the $5.95 for postage to claim your beers. Every month, Beer52 send a new case with a different theme, usually from a different part of the world. As someone who loves to travel and try new things, this is my favourite thing about Beer52. Yes, I have my usual go-tos in terms of craft beers when I go to the local supermarket, but it's always nice to try something else and Beer52 have you covered. Members have tasted beer from 40 different countries spanning five continents. You also get a magazine which delves into the theme, beer and producers. And there's two tasty snacks, typically of a salty variety, which just makes you want to have that beer even more. You also have the option of choosing a light beer only or a mixture of dark and light. There's no minimum commitment and you can pause or cancel at any time. Don't forget, that's beer52.com forward slash terrace to claim your free case now. The, uh, in, in terms of the, the game itself, just on, on the couple of moments, the, the goals, uh, Kieran Tierney obviously getting Scotland's goal with a, with a nice header. And then, uh, as I mentioned at the start, a, a pretty dubious penalty, but more or less a dive from uh, Peter. Was it Peter Cech that dived for the, for the penalty and then he scored it uh, because Gordon didn't touch him? Um, I, I, there's no doubt about that. Is there, in terms of the penalty, that it was a, it was nah, a dive? Yeah. 
and I, I, I googled the referee. He's an Irish referee, and I googled him. And uh, what I got from the start of the season was a Maltese team complaining about how he'd handled their uh, Champions League or Europa League or Conference League or whatever it was tie against uh, someone as well. Uh, the Willie so, Call of Ireland. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a very eccentric refereeing performance. It worked for a friendly, but the amount of like very blatant fouls he didn't give throughout the game was was quite weird. And I didn't mind it because it was a friendly, and you just want to let the game flow and stuff. But that doesn't mean you just invent a penalty at the end. And it, it was one of them. It was fairly obviously not a foul because you could see the way Gordon pulled out and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, it was frustrating in that aspect but it's a friendly it doesn't matter um, I'm not so confident as other people that um, the VAR would have overturned it because I think it's one of those that if a referee gives it it's like you would all, all they would probably have to spot is like any piece of contact in any part of the body and then they would just stick with it but I, I thought uh, the goal I thought Scotland's set pieces were superb. I know that Austin McPhee was brought in to do that, and and obviously we had the success against Denmark with the the Suter goal, which was a really well worked set piece. The the McDominay goal against Israel, I don't know if that was his handiwork or not. I can't even remember if he was involved at that point. But the set pieces, there was a real variety to them. There was the one at the corner that we took that um that went to Tierney at the edge of the box for a strike. There was like flick-ons, there was balls going right really deep to come back across and then that was more of a standard set piece with Tierney just attacking the ball but of all the ways I thought Kieran Tierney would score a goal for Scotland I don't think I ever thought it would be a header because I, I don't think I've seen him score a header before but it was a bullet <laughs> header, it was really good um, and, a, and a brilliant ball in um, so yeah I thought that the chances Scotland created, they weren't like, you know, they weren't clear cut chances but we were peppering the goal there were lots and lots and that was a if you remember back to the start of the three five two, that was one of the issues. Was like I remember we went, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Israel playoff game. I don't think we had a single shot on target, and then the game after it in the Nations League, um, I think we went like fifty minutes before we had a shot on target. Then we won one nil, and and at that point you're like you know, going a game and a half without a shot on target. But there was like so many, and there has been so many over the last few games that that confidence was obviously coming back. The, the other moment from the game I want to pick out is it's just incredible desire is uh, Billy Gilmore's goal line clearance when I thought I thought if you were to pick out a Scotland player as being poor and it's a bit harsh it's probably Grant Hanley I think he didn't have his best game and he um, I mean McTominay made the mistake and then Hanley wasn't great kind of with the, the, the sort of it was a two on one situation so he kind of was doing something but then for Gilmore to bust a gut to get back for quite an acrobatic clearance off the line, I thought just for for a friendly game and all that, it shows a lot of desire. And, and he's he's just a gem, Gilmore. He's just such a good player. I, I, every time I wasn't at this game, but every time I go to watch him, he, your eyes are just drawn to him all the time. He's just he's just phenomenal, and, and I think we're so lucky to have him. That um that weighted pass that he he put uh, in uh, McGinnon. That you know, where McGinn stayed on his feet, and you know, arguably it was a penalty, but again, it's a friendly. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But just the 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 deftness of the touch was incredible. Like you, like, you know, Hibs fans uh, go, uh, going a bit over the top about uh, a weighted pass is is nothing new. But um, it was just it was just because you're just getting glimmers off you because you you forget that he's still so young. And at the moment, playing 
uh, or not play <laughs> not playing in a in a team that's that is a loan deal that's that's actually not worked out for him, um, which is a bit of a is a bit of a shame, um, and I think it'll probably make him reevaluate where what you know what what's going to be next for him. But uh, um, the fact that he's got the ability to then turn it on for Scotland is 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 really. Shows a level of resilience, I suppose, in someone so young already. Maybe character building for him that long because he's, he's he's playing in a good midfield for Scotland just now, but he's got fifteen years of Scotland career ahead of him. That may not always be the case. So, so playing with some of the junk <laughs> knowledge, uh, judging yeah. judging judging by the the, tw- the under twenty ones, mm. I. Uh, <laughs> um, is there anything? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything else left to say about the the Poland game, but just kind of looking forward to the the Austria one, Duncan. They're obviously playing a team that. Are now out of World Cup qualifying, so how seriously they'll take it uh, is, is debatable. But is there anything you'd like to see from that game? Kind of going into the, the I mean, the, the, the thing is, Ukraine game so far away, really, if, as I say, if it even happens. But yeah, is there anything you'd like to see from either Clark or from the players themselves or, or the performance that would give you sort of additional confidence ahead of that game? I thought. I don't think that the the unbeaten run in itself is something to you know something that we should be uh, want to continue at all costs. But I think it's I think it's all it's also emblematic of kind of where we are. And I think it's at you know, I think someone was saying it's nineteen twenty eight was maybe the last time since we've we've gone on a run that long. And that bear in mind that you know. Uh, at that age, we were, at that at that time we were just playing the other home nations. I'm pretty sure. Um, so you know, which is you know, is what it is. But uh, but I think yeah, I think there's there's some to be said for not. Ex- I, I don't think it's in Clark's nature to experiment too much either. So I think it's I think it's going to be. Uh, I can't imagine there's going to be whole, wholesale changes, and I think that's probably the right approach because I think there's an element of. I think Austria probably, if they reflect on that game, uh, the last time we played in Aus- in Vienna, will probably feel slightly hard done by, or thought that they probably had a chance to win that or or get a result. You know, uh, so if we can go over there and win, or you know, or shut them, or, or just shut them down, then I'm that's that's I think quite important from my perspective in terms of just. It becoming a thing where Austria can't beat Scotland because these are the nations that are going to be that we are going to meet in future playoffs and things like that, and just to have starting to starting to be thought of as a threat or as a tricky team to play against, or just you know that's the sort of mentality that I want Scotland to represent, and think that's the sort of thing that, that Clark will go. So I can I can maybe see you know three or four changes. I think maybe maybe Hickey will will start instead of Taylor. Um, I think. I'm not even. I'm not even convinced that Ross Stewart will 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 start, but I think he might come on a lot earlier. Um, and, and yeah, and I think you might. I think Ryan Jack probably will start because again, it's no way fixture. But aside from that, I don't. I don't want us to experiment too much. Yeah, I, I think there's a balance to strike on that. It's like yeah, he needs to keep the players happy, and, and there's experienced players that are coming to Scotland squads quite a lot and. I think it's like someone like Stuart Armstrong turns up all the time, isn't a starter. Will probably start this game because you need, you need to, you know you need to keep him on side and um, guys like that. But that's no that's no loss to swap Armstrong and for Christie. They're both good players. So 
I think I think it's interesting. And, and Armstrong's playing at a higher yeah, level yeah. as well at the moment as well. Yeah. You, you talk about how players are, how are being. I I think we're still maybe being slightly underestimated. I don't. I mean, yeah, they won a big semi final and stuff, but Wales almost felt like they were celebrating qualifying for the World Cup. It felt like the other night. Um, there, there was certainly an aspect of over celebration to them. I think they think they've got one foot there, and I, and I think. We've got to build that. We've got to start to build that fear that teams don't want to play us because I think they do want to play us. Um, and and maybe that work in our advantage. But yeah, I think we just have to become that team that nobody wants to play. You know, the, the tricky second seeds. Hopefully, yeah. Um, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention the Wales game because I have to say that the the dread kicked in slightly with the fact that that it was Wales that won it. I, I would have been. More confident, I think, going away to Austria, especially given that it was the... And this is obviously assuming that we either beat Ukraine or somehow get to the to the final uh, by other reasons. Um, by default. Yeah, by default, yes. The two sweetest words <laughs> in the English language. Yeah. Um, so, but given that, you know, it was the Austria game away that really kick-started this run that got us into the the playoffs in the first place we'd already had one win by that point against Moldova but that was the that was the must win or at least must not lose game that we had that we ended up getting a win that we could then build on going forwards uh, that, that you know culminated in that that 2-0 win against Denmark um, so I, I would have been much more confident I think going against Austria I think technically they're a, they're a better team than Wales probably but we've already shown that we could you know, hang with them fairly comfortably and I would give us a I mean I think they've been poor Austria for, for quite a long time. They were they were poor in their nations league group as well. So I would have felt m- much more comfortable going there than I am against Wales who there's just it's on paper they're they're maybe not as good as us. And I, I think across the team there's there's a bigger gap between their sort of best players and their, their worst players than they're starting a living. Andy Andy, let's just say it it's Gareth Bale and Ten yes. other cuts. like that, like that's yeah. like that yeah. is that is it. Like yeah. I mean, okay, maybe maybe that's a bit unfair to, to Aaron Ramsey, but largely, like we, yeah, that's what it is. They have, you know, and he's done it before against us, so that's the that's the worry. That that's the threat, but he is a, a generational talent that 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 Wales are lucky to have that, we, that Scotland haven't had in. But I, I, you could maybe argue it ever. I mean, probably Kenny Dalglish was that, but then again, still didn't have a, a, a tremendous scoring record for for Scotland. You know that he is talismanic. He's a generational talent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that's that's where the fear comes from. Um, let's hope he has some sort of disastrous golfing and. Well, he's not like going to get into like, football. Like, I think he's. Uh... I know, yeah, exactly. That's as like maybe maybe a golf ball. Someone doesn't shout four <laughs> on a golf course or something like that. But um, so I, 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 I don't think Wales are a particularly good team, but they do have this the, the, this threat, and I think that's it's. I don't think Steve Clark's going to buy into that though. I think Steve Clark is probably is probably already, um, and and he's. And he was very dismissive of uh, on at the interview post match about talking about the game because you know he says we're not there yet and and, and etc. And and but I think it's a difficult one because I how much should we really talk about this? But I, I and you know the reports coming out from Russia and stuff like that. Maybe maybe 
things will be over by June. I don't like it's it's, it's difficult to say. Um, so yeah, it, it's a diff- it's a difficult one. But I would imagine that Steve Clark uh, will already be looking at ways to beat Wales, and I think that we if if we play the 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 eleven on the pitch or the, the or Gareth Bale and the ten other uh, choir singers, um, then we can beat them. It's, I think we 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 don't want to be playing the idea of Wales. I think that's that's more of my thing. And you know they and they they'll obviously ramp it up in terms of the fact that they feel that they've been cheated of the last two the last two world uh, world cup uh, playoff qualifications against uh, against Scotland and stuff like that. But uh, that's not. Yeah, that's that's not anything for us to worry about, or the his current crop of players anyway. Yeah, and as you say, there's there's six months for a minor to continue to get extremely rusty or not, you know, injured in some other non-footballing related incident. So the th- the fact of the matter is, that I think that he he loves playing for Wales so much he could play. He'll be. He could he could he could rock up in, in in I don't know like the Highland League and be yeah. and look absolutely rotten and he would still then turn on you know incredible performances for yeah. Wales. I think there was a, I read an article in the Athletic yesterday uh, talking about him and a, a, this relationship that he's got with Real Madrid and saying that there's a not entirely dis, dismissed suggestion that he might just turn up for free for Cardiff for six months in order for him to. To be match fit for the World Cup if, if they get there, so yeah, he'll be he'll be playing. Uh, Aaron Rams will be playing even if he plays no other minutes for Rangers between now and the end of the season, which is entirely possible. And then the rest of them, who cares? Um, is there anything else we want to talk about about this version of Scotland, or will we jump to the uh, the one from twelve years ago? Well, I think maybe. Well, I was going to say just like as Craig remarked upon, like the 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 feel good factor around the the national team is there. Like we, we've seen it a lot, and the fact that, albeit people were already probably making plans to go to Hamden for that day anyway, and, and the game got changed. But you know, forty thousand people going to a, a, essentially a meaningless friendly is not to be sniffed at, and I think it's it's it, it's something that. Um, it just feels like there's a bit of momentum again behind and a bit of pride behind the whole national team, which is something that we we've been like waiting for years for. So, I think uh, kudos to to everyone that did did go along, and, and obviously it was for a good cause as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, if we're uh, if we're making some sort of link between here and, and uh, twelve years ago, there was definitely not quite so much pride about the the Scotland team. Uh, under Craig Levine at the time, uh, this was for for those who don't remember. This was a, a game against Spain in the European Championship qualifiers on the the 2010-2011 season. I think I'm I'm right in saying this was I think the the third game in the the group at that stage. We'd beaten Liechtenstein. In fact, it was maybe the fourth game. Beaten Liechtenstein, drawn away to Lithuania, which is. Uh, already a terrible start. We'd lost to the Czech Republic and then and then had Spain. So as with almost every campaign that, that Scotland go into, we are starting from a, a position of weakness and then trying desperately to claw our way back into it, which we obviously failed to do. But uh, and, and that's a bit of a microcosm of what this game was at Hamden, where Spain, who were the world champions at this point after having won in South Africa, went 2-0 up, which is not unexpected against us, uh, only for a Charlie Adam-inspired Scotland to roar back to, to draw 2-2. And then, for me, this is the game that... Uh, there's a few games through history where you think of as to do with like a, 
specific player. And for me, this is the Stephen McManus game, the one where he, he after after all the hard work of getting back against the world champions, he lets go of the like the six foot eight Fernando Llorente at the back post, and uh, uh, he ultimately scores and, and wins a game for Spain. Um, what uh, what are your memories of this game, guys? So, so I was I was at this game, and um, it was obviously coming off the back of the four six four six zero game in uh, in in Prague as well. So I think. People were kind of at an all-time low in terms of, I mean, there's been a lot of all-time lows, but uh, one of them anyway. And um, I remember, like, it was still a big crowd, because I think maybe people had bought the gate tickets in advance and all that, and it was it was actually quite a kind of uh, rowdy Hamden that night. And I think there's an argument for saying that probably, definitely in my time watching Scotland, this is possibly the best team that's ever rocked up to play us. Like, you look at that Spain team, they were European champions, they were world champions, and they went on to win this Euros as well. Um, and you look you look through the lineup. It's Casillas, Sergio Ramos, Puyol, Pique, Captavia, who was maybe, maybe the weak link, but was still a good left back. Um, was obviously kind of Jordi Alba took over from him before the Euros. Busquets, Alonso, Iniesta, Casorla, uh, Villa, and Silva, and that's them having the the ability to to leave Xavi on the bench who came on in this game. Um, they they were such a good team that Spain team. I remember watching them a few times. Um, Kind of round about that that time and, and and just thinking like how how do you even get close to them they they absolutely dominated um they did lose to Switzerland at that World Cup before but apart from that they kind of in the first game yeah, wasn't it they yeah. kind of dominated the tournament they the the Euros before that was the same and you watched them and and you watched them in this game I mean NAST I just gave uh, gave Phil Bardley a nightmare um down the left and stuff like that you're just like the way they controlled the ball, the way they controlled possession, it was before they became a bit stale because they almost bought in too much to that idea of like, oh well, if we keep the ball, they can't score. So they then just became a team who kept the ball for 90 minutes, which they're still, them and Barcelona have still been struggling to get away from since then. But at this point, they were a phenomenal team. I, I misremembered this game slightly because I thought we were 2-0 down at halftime and then made all the, you know, made the, the Yeah, it was the same. That was the same, yeah. And came rolling back in. It wasn't quite like that, but... I just remember this was this was by by Miles Charlie Adams' finest hour in a in a or finest forty five minutes in a Scotland strip. Um, it, it, we talked about Gareth Bale earlier, and, and he's, he's absolute nightmare against Wales. Um, a, a wee while, um, we well after this, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but the this Spain game, he came on and he, and he was phenomenal, spraying passes about. You know, it almost not. I mean, that's an, an exaggeration, but it almost looked like a player who could have had a chance in their team. Apart mm-hmm. from not being fit enough, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my memory of him is sort of in that, yeah, number six role. Just as you say, spraying passes. I don't think we had any control of the midfield at all in that first half. Un- unsurprisingly, I guess, given that as you say, that Spain team just dominate possession. You know, for a, for an entire match. But the 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 impressive thing, and I, I was the same. I, I misremembered that. I thought we were two 0 down, and then we brought Adam on, but. We brought Adam on at half time, then we went 2 0 down. But something sort of happened in between where uh, we started being able to, to get the ball back off of Spain. Maybe they sat back as well, thinking that the job was done. And then credit to to Levine's team, they didn't think it was over. Uh, but yeah, it made it made such a difference that they were far more positive. And and it was it it was frustrating. It was one of those ones that's frustrating because because of how negative they'd been against the Czech Republic. And I mean it was 
it's not one of those games you think of. It's only in hindsight that it seemed like a terrible idea. At the time, it seemed like a terrible idea and, and to have no strikers in the team. And, you know, have, yeah, it was, was it Mackie was playing out like right wing uh, rather than through the middle? So it, it made it more frustrating the fact that we could actually take Spain on and score a couple of goals against them and put absolutely no resistance in an attacking sense against the Czech Republic a few days beforehand. Uh, and yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, I, yeah, I had a look at that team, the Spain team as well, and it was it, it, they were an incredibly good team. Um, but it 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 would have been a, it would have been a really famous draw if only f- for the fact that uh, McManus just could. And then it was funny. McManus is for me got two of the sort of most iconic moments as a as a Scotland fan over the past twenty years when he made a mistake for that that goal and then uh, I think it was in that same qualifying campaign he scored like the 95th minute winner against Liechtenstein which is one of the biggest that was, this is a month, I was about, a, uh, about a month before wasn't yeah. it yeah. I, 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 I remember celebrating wildly that Craig, while at Craig the same time thinking, falling off yeah. <laughs> such a strange such a strange atmosphere that one was um, yeah what about you Duncan what was your, what's your memories of this game did you have any memories of it yeah, I do. Um, I uh, was watching it up at my pal's place, uh, so just watching it with cans, and it was kind of that that watching Spain at that point was a joy, unless it was your team <laughs> that was up against it. And then there was just a a feeling of um, almost like a snake, like just slowly coiling around you and suffocating you, like we've got all control of the ball and it's just a, it's just going to be a matter of time before we score, but we're going to really torture you for it. You know, it wasn't like, it, they weren't, you know, straight out of the traps, you know, we're going to run over the top of you. It's just that we're going to just suffocate you and, and you know, resistance is futile sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, coming back into it, it was, it was one of those kind of remarkable things where you you weren't sure what, was going to happen like you were just like where's this come from because the, again the Friday night uh, fixture against Czech Republic had, had demonstrated that we we weren't very good so the idea that we were like you know that we that we were uh, going to get it back into the game was was you know for the birds but we did and then it, uh, but again it was I'm gl- I'm glad we're kind of shedding this mentality or whatever you know this this glorious failure and stuff like that because ultimately like getting two goals back is fine but then if you then choose to, as you're saying, not mark uh, Laurenti, who, to be fair, is one of my favourite non, uh, non like players that's played for a team that I like. You know, he's just I think he's just class. He's uh, the, uh, he's such an elegant, well, elegant-ish player. Um, but yeah, n- uh, not marking him, and again, it's that sort of thing. Is you, it's like I suppose the mentality is the same as when you, your team goes and plays the old firm and stuff like. You know, you're going to get one or two chances, but if you don't do the basics very right. Uh, you don't do the basics right. The, you will get punished, and and yeah, that was, again getting back into the game was all for naught if you're not going to do some very basic things like marking. Well, I think I mean his problem is he, he obviously gets gets deceived by by the flight of the ball because he thinks he can go and win it, McManus, and he just he just gets totally stranded. And, and I remember like at the at the game, I don't remember it like as being his fault and then you watch it back and you're like geez oh you, could you just think oh it's a big striker he's just beat him in the air but then you see no actually McManus was five yards away from him at that point because he'd gone chasing the ball <laughs> he couldn't get I, I think it was one of those games that showed them I mean what a, what a fantastic Scotland goalkeeper Alan McGregor was at times as well because the amount of 
safety because I was I mean I remembered obviously it's been going two 0 up but I couldn't remember when the goals were and so I was watching the highlights back and every time you know Spain were getting a shot I'm like all right here's here's the first goal and it's like nope McGregor saved it again and uh, you, you were getting that all the way through and I don't think he could really be blamed for any of the any of the goals that they did score um, and I remember being at a game against Belgium out there which was in the, the campaign after this one where it was um, was it the campaign before this can't remember and it was a game against Belgium the qualifier he was it was the one after this um, it was the same he just save after save after save Belgium eventually won 2-0 but you came away thinking like we've been incredibly lucky over the last 20, 15, 20 years to have two goalkeepers of the calibre of McGregor and Gordon um, and, and David Marshall less so David Marshall was fine but he he his performance there was, was superb as well for a guy who conceded three goals <laughs> also uh, looking back I had absolutely no memory again because probably at the tail end again, no memory of Stephen Whitaker being sent off I was like, oh, that, I forgot the ball. I remember being raging at the time because I thought, you know, it was a, it was a good tackle, but you watch it back, it wasn't. Um, but <laughs> it was funny because the you could tell, the, the, certainly the, the, the highlights I watched, the commentators were really baffled at the penalty, like which was a very clear penalty that, that what I could have given away, but they, they obviously didn't realise it had been given to begin with and their reaction was all like, well, I think Scotland have got away with one there. And then it was like, oh, the line's been given it. And so they totally missed Whitaker getting booked for giving away the penalty, which which was, again, correct decision. So then they were very confused because the commentator, I don't think it was Ian Crocker at that point, it was someone else, was um, saying, oh, that's going to be costly for Whitaker to be out the next game. Like as if you're, he's, he's racked up his bookings here. And, and then the red card came out <laughs> and they were almost like surprised because um, they, they missed him getting the first one. But I remember him having a good game that night as well, Whitaker. Um, I mean, everyone def- I think we defended really well on the whole, which again, when you can see three goals and you're saying the defence and the goalkeeper played well, but I think it's a sign of how how dominant Spain were in that era. Um, apart apart from Phil Bardsley, I think that may have been his... I don't remember him playing many games for Scotland after that, but he was just roasted by Iniesta throughout the game. Yeah, and that, and that was, uh, although they, they kind of suffocated teams and won 1 0 throughout the World Cup, the, the qualifying Spain, you know, didn't have any trouble scoring. They scored three and two and, you know, six against Liechtenstein at some point. So, so yeah, they were against against inferior opponents. They had, they had no bother bother scoring. Just, uh, just to put a wee bit of context around what then happened after, uh, and I'm sure people remember this, but we were still in with a, in with a narrow chance of getting. Uh, second, I guess, uh, uh, ahead of the Czech Republic, we had that home game with them, and again, it was a di- uh, to, to tie things off today. It was a dive that um, gave them a penalty in the 90th minute uh, for the game in two-two, and that that was basically the end of it for for our qualifying well, hopes, all, if I remember all, rightly. All we had to do because we went that was right. We beat Lithuania at home. We had that game. We went out to Liechtenstein and won one 0 um, very narrowly again. And we were actually in in second going into the last game, so all we had to do was go go and win against Spain away, um, <laughs> and we would we would have we would have made the playoffs. But um, some somehow, despite a certain uh, rapist uh, scoring for Scotland in that game um, from the penalty spot, we we somehow lost that, and yeah, it didn't didn't qualify for another. T- it, it's so good to be talking about these failures, like after actually having qualified for one it's like alright that was one of those failures before we 
actually started we making did, the playoffs. We did some good days. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah there was actually, actually two people contracted by Wraith Rovers that, that played that game, and one of them is the guy who scored the penalty, and uh, Christoph Berra was the, was the other one. Yeah, so. But yes, uh, anything else Anything else in that one? or? I was just going to say the the context, the the pop culture context that we not we sometimes do for around these things, uh, unless you know, it was before the charts. So number one was uh, "Forget You" by CeeLo Green. Oh, oh yeah, uh, in the charts, and at the box office, it was uh, "Wall Street Money Never Sleeps." <laughs> I've literally never heard of that film. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, a sequel to uh, Wall Street, isn't it? With yeah. uh, what's his? Uh, who is it that was the kind of? The guy of the moment, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf that was right. Yeah, but he was like, that was that was maybe his high point in terms of a block. Speaking of people that have subsequently been cancelled, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I used to like. Um, I did used to like that when I was much younger. That like even Stevens, that was the his kind of breakout TV show thing. I never obviously didn't know who Shia LaBeouf was at the time, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, a problematic figure. I think it's safe to say. Um, I've just been looking at the Scotland team for this game and. and I- Kind of for failed to make the case. David Weir was uh, forty-one years old in this game. <laughs> uh, that 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 is that right? Yeah, I think this might have been his last game for Scotland. Um, because yeah, there wasn't another one. I thought he retired um, or he stopped playing for Scotland in twenty ten. So yeah, I think this was his his last uh, his last ever game for Scotland at the age of forty-one. Which is uh, Didn't, doesn't really speak volumes for Gary Caldwell and Christoph Berra that they were kept out by Davy Weir. Like, uh, um, but yeah, so that was um, that was quite quite impressive when you think about it. But uh, he had good longevity in his uh, in his Scotland career. Certainly, that's that's one thing you can say for him. One one of my bleakest moments in life was uh, when I had to I left a I left a job and the first day that I had to go and sign on, uh, I was I walked past like Davy Weir. Who was you know looked as as fresh as a daisy for you, whatever he'd been forty odd uh, in a leather jacket, sort of walking across the road, and I was just like, we're at completely different ends of the financial spectrum, <laughs> <laughs> well, quite low that day. Uh, but yeah, so so that, uh, yeah, despite his despite his successful international and domestic career, I think that's what I'll probably always remember David Lee for personally, <laughs> one of my lowest moments. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, anything else? Any other? Any other cultural things, Duncan? From that, or is that that? No. See, see, Logan. Yeah, that was a that was a song that happened as well. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's grand. So uh, there will be, I'm sure, uh, guys to talk about the game on. Is it Tuesday night? The Austria game. They're normally Tuesday. I thought it was Monday, but I have no idea. I could be making that It's a night. Tuesday makes more sense, actually. Yeah, it's usually a Tuesday, isn't it? Anyway, it'll be Wednesday or Thursday or Monday or something else uh, that's completely different to that. But yeah, uh, we will have um, guys on to talk about that one. Whichever day of the week it is that it happens. Uh, But for now, I think we'll we'll leave it. The What's small that? matter of the World Cup draw on Friday. Which oh, of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that well, that's one of the that's one of the things about the fact that we didn't play that game is that we'll be in the hat for the first time since '97. Yeah, so that will be, and it's going to be a three-way thing. It'll be Scotland or Ukraine or Wales. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just quite nice. That's something. To, that's something to, to look forward to, and then be have our have our uh, hopes dashed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. You'll get the, you'll get the sense. Here's what you could have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but that'll be that'll be seen as well. So so I'm sure we'll be covering that plus the plus the game. But uh, for just now, Duncan, thanks very much. 
No, thank Thanks you, Andy. Day. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Good to speak to you both. Uh, and thanks all, uh, and speak to you next time. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.